the truth about modern women. Yes, that's right. That's what we're going to be talking about. Good day from sunny Australia. Good day. Hello. Dinord says, this sounds like a good one. Oh, it will be. <laughs> it will be. Let's see here. Bitcoin to Alpha Centauri. That's right. The moon is nothing. Uh, the truth about modern women is they want to be Meghan Markle. What was it? Uh, Babylon Bee is very funny. And the Babylon Bee was a uh, woman who finds, because Meghan Markle is purportedly trying to uh, think of running for president, right? And the um, <clears throat> the angle uh, the Babylon Bee took was, woman who finds it too hard to be a princess now wants to be president. <laughs> it's kind of funny, right? So yes, here I am. Good evening, good evening, everyone. Hope you're doing well. Uh, this is going to be some pretty ranty stuff. Can you explain why when modern women are so unhappy? Mm, I certainly can. Stefan, I can't see you. Well, I can see you. I am the eye in the sky. Sexy jawline. Currently cactus a little bit fuzz. Anyone above a five is a single mom with OnlyFans or Snapchat Premium. Oh, Snapchat Premium. Is that another one of these? Give me money and I'll show you my tits. Yeah, I understand it. All right. I have been listening to your... Books this week, Steph, I can't believe you think a human brain and a boulder have the same free will. I think that's it. Stream so nice, we get to hear it twice. <laughs> that's right. I finally gave notice at the job I hate. Fantastic. Pompliano is hiring. Could modern women be unhappy because modern men are unhappy? No. Uh, sometimes women do things outside of male agency. Uh, haven't seen your face for ages. Well, you haven't seen my face for ages, and my face has aged. Oh, are you guys ready for a crypto dad joke from, from uh, Tilo? Steph, did you hear that Superman has a new blockchain-based supervillain? Yeah, they call him Crypto Knight. <laughs> Do you think Milo Yiannopoulos is worth listening to today compared to four years ago? Why? Milo and I have had a couple of run-ins. Um, I mean... I haven't listened to him in donkey's years, so I just don't know. Steph flashed boobs. Quick, where is his XMR address? Seriously, go to um, freedomainnft.com, freedomainnft.com. You can uh, check out my uh, very first. I'm going to do more. I'm going to do, be, be doing more of this, but this is my very first one, and I think it's kind of cool, which is, um, yeah, I'll give you guys the link here too. Uh, my first NFT. I'm going to be doing more. And I'm telling you guys, I'm telling you this right now. Philosophers tend to become more famous as things go forward. And this is going to be worth a lot. This stuff is going to be worth a lot. But it's going to be worth it for you as a collector, not so much for me. That's just the way things roll. That's just the way things roll. So let me just see here. I will do a share, share, copy link. I'm going to throw this in. And you guys should seriously... Uh, check this out. Somebody says, I'm up 60 cents on Dogecoin today. Uh, not once you count taxes. Um, who are interesting crypto YouTubers to watch? I used to watch Data Dash and Altcoin Buzz back in 17. I don't know. I couldn't answer that. I couldn't answer that. So shall we, uh, shall we get started? Oh, 404. It didn't work. Seriously, I just copied it from there. No, it's not a 404. Don't 404 me, bro. Don't taste me. Don't 404 me. All right. So yeah, you should put a bid in on this. It's going to be worth a lot, and it's a it's a good message. It's a good message. So okay, let's let's talk, let's talk, ladies. Okay, how many of you guys 
are currently in uh, a relationship, right? I mean, I'm not saying you're going to go full incel and shoot up an Asian massage parlor, but uh, give me a why if you're in a relationship. Cut off. Oh, did it cut off the link? Oh, I don't know. I just clicked it, though. Okay. Um, FreeDomainNFT.com. We'll do it as well. FreeDomainNFT.com. I'm in love with my car. Got a feel for my automobile. Okay. And uh, give me a plus if it's going well and a minus if it's going badly. And let's see what we can uh, let's see what we can do here. N. I'm sorry to hear that. N. But I'll listen to offers. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to start you guys off with an article. And this article will tell you a lot and will give us, oh, so much to talk about. Let's give us something to talk about. All right, so we got an article here that is really, really good. And uh, I will put the link in if you want to um, if you want to follow it. This has been quite the um, chat. And um, let me just throw the link in here. Okay, so the title of the article is Women's Women Woman, sorry, Woman Heartbroken by Husband's Belittling Career-Based Comments. My job is harder than hers. <laughs> so a woman is heartbroken. And uh, I guess it's a woman who wrote it, Emerald Pellet. This just came out two days ago, and it's been a really, really big deal. And I'm gonna break it all the way down so that everybody understands what the hell is going on with modern women, which can be a little bit baffling, but we'll we'll get there, right? So just from the title. Right. Just from the title, you can see it's going to be pure nonsense. A woman is heartbroken by husband's belittling career-based comments. My job is harder than hers. Uh, and you just know. So woman heartbroken is immediately, oh, we've got a female. Uh, women are wonderful. Women shouldn't be heartbroken. Oh, right. So a husband and wife are fighting about whose job is more demanding. The husband shared an incident on Reddit's Am I the Asshole forum. He and his wife have degrees from the same college in different <laughs> in different fields <laughs> so they're trying to say hey man they've got the same degrees from the same college okay different fields but what possible relevance could that have well so he makes three times the amount his wife makes and only works a few hours a day his wife began to question how little he worked and how much more he made in comparison one day this led to an explosive fight <laughs> so you know he, he, she just she just questioned. And anybody who's run an online forum, you know, I, I want to get the feedback here. Um, give me a why if you've ever run an online forum or moderated an online forum, right? You know how this, you know how this shit works, right? Just let me know. So you know how it works. What happens is some troll comes along and starts throwing shade and being problems and causing issues and, you know, like, when I was uh, a forum manager back in the day, yeah, you guys, you guys are tech savvy, right? You know, right? So what would happen is some troll would come along and ask the most ridiculously complicated questions about my theory of ethics, universally preferable behavior, things which would give me pause and is very much on the outlier of, of things and all that. And then people would try and answer and he'd find objections and find problems and all that kind of stuff, right? And so, you know, a famous one was, um, so you're in a cafe and a guy's looking at, leaked nude pictures of some celebrity do you get to smash his laptop because he's viewing stolen goods 
an interesting question, right? Interesting question. So now it's like cleaning a public toilet. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, this person would ask these ridiculously difficult questions about UPB. And people would, would, you know, struggle to answer. And I would struggle to answer those questions. They're tough, right? He would overlook the fact that UPB completely bans rape, theft, assault, and murder, which is 99.9% .9 of the crimes going on in the world today outside of central banking. And so it solves most of those problems. But he'd come up with these secure things. And then people, he'd chip away at it and find problems with it. And then they'd say, well, listen, why don't you just read the book, understand the theory, and then come back? Because it doesn't sound like you understand the theory. And then the, the, the troll would be like, oh, so you, can, you can't even answer these questions. Just go and tell me to read the book. Like, it's just a cult here. Nobody can think for themselves, right? So, so you know, screw off, get lost, go take a flying fuck at a rolling donut, you're gone, right? And then, and then, you know what happens, right? You know what happens. It's so inevitable, right? So first of all, when you ban them, they get their friend, some other, they either create a, a secondary account or, or they get their friend to say, hey, what happened to so-and-so? I really liked his questions. I thought he had very interesting objections. Whatever happened to that guy? He was great, right? And then eventually it comes out that he's banned. And it's like, wait, he got banned? just for questioning UPB? He got banned just for asking some some simple questions about the ethical theory that people believe in around him? <laughs> right? I mean, it's all garbage. It's all nonsense and, and, and garbage. So, yeah, the guy, it was in Telegram, right? Yeah, yeah, obvious troll. Obvious troll is obvious. And so... So, yeah, so so when you've got an article like this, right, and the article says, you know, his wife just began to question how little he just, she, all she had was some questions and mysteriously it led to an explosive fight. So that makes it, of course, sound like it's entirely the problem of the man, right? So this is what the man said. He said, <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> it's so funny. My wife is a social media slash ad sales manager and I am a computer scientist. <laughs> And mysteriously, I seem to make more. I don't know what it is. It, it must be ball sack privilege. It must be a phallus privilege. It must just be because I type with my big meaty swinging dick. I don't know what it is, mate. I mean, she's an ad sales manager and I'm just a computer scientist. So I don't really understand. <laughs> he explained. <laughs> so it's a, really, it's the same degree, man. It's pretty much the same degree from the same university, right? So. He said, I was promoted just before the pandemic and now make about three times what she does. We both have bachelor's degrees from the same school. This is all relevant because once we began working from home, my wife saw that I, quote, do a lot less work than her. <laughs> and another thing. <laughs> I just, I've had personal experience with this. So not with my current relationship, not with my wife, but I'll, I'll tell you about a woman I lived with in my 20s. Um, essentially, I'm, he said, essentially, I'm given projects and deadlines. If I finish a project prior to the deadline, I spend my extra time playing Xbox, taking the dogs to the park and keeping the house tidy. Her job is different. She works eight to 10 hours a day and is often roped into helping coworkers with projects when she isn't working. His wife began to grow more frustrated as her work mounted and his did not. Now, <laughs> you guys know the answer to this, right? <laughs> you, you know the answer to this, right? So if he's making a lot more money and working fewer hours, 
does she go to him and say, wow, you must be really efficient at what you do. Help me understand what you do because you're obviously doing things in a more efficient or more productive or more economically valuable manner. Coach me. Teach me your way, sensei, because you clearly have skill and expertise in this area that I don't. I'd love to learn from you because I would just surely love to improve. And there's nothing more than a wife likes than being coached by her husband into being more economically valuable and productive and closing that frustration gap by becoming more valuable to her employers and their customers. Nope. <laughs> no, because vanity, right? So the, the husband said, she's recently been frustrated, jealous in my opinion, that I, quote, work less hard, her words, than her, yet get paid much more than her. Every time she sees me playing Xbox or something, she has to make a snide comment about how I don't deserve my salary, how she wishes she got paid to sit on her ass, etc., Two days ago, I finally snapped, and I told her that while I may not work as many hours, my skill set is much more difficult than hers and far more desirable. I said that if she was unhappy with our combined household income, just over $200,000 a year, that she could go back to school and get a computer science degree, and that I was absolutely sick of her trying to make me feel bad because she's unhappy with her career. Well, she's been ignoring me for two days. And her mom called me and told me off for belittling her. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Did a cormorant of reality pack a, a peck against the glass bubble boy of this woman's delusions about her life? <laughs> Did the reality come a knocking and crash the entire princess door down? Just wild, right? <laughs> so Reddit didn't like how either adult behaved in the situation. Both of you need to be more understanding, someone commented. Okay, so when both parties are wrong, then the man is at fault. When the man is wrong, the man is at fault. When the woman is at fault, both the man and the woman need to be more understanding. You both need to learn to respect the other. You both need to start treating each other like you know, actually like and respect each other. A user said, a female, because it's got a question at the end, right? Like, everything's a question. Can we meet at 4.30 in the mall? I don't know. So everybody's skating over the fact that she bitched him out first, right? Again, we don't have her side of the story, but she she made, for, for months, I assume, or maybe longer, snide comments. You don't deserve your salary. I wish I could get paid to sit on my ass. You don't work very hard. I work harder than you. It's not fair, right? So she's bitching at him for weeks or months, maybe more. And he's like, no, my, my, my skill set is more difficult and it's far more desirable. It's more economically valuable. And if you want to make more money, go get a computer science degree and do what I do. Perfectly reasonable, in my opinion. Perfectly reasonable, in my opinion. <laughs> so what do you guys think? Have you ever been in this situation? Have you ever, ever been in this situation where uh, you have to just bring a little bit of reality to a living woman? Anybody? Does he borrow her boyfriend's <laughs> Xbox games? <laughs> if she sells ads, why can't she sell herself to an employer who would pay her more? Hmm, mysterious. Woman is shocked to learn that different labor has different value. Yeah. Crazy.
Garbage collectors worked really hard. Yes, but there aren't any women there because that's all male privilege. Construction workers worked really hard. That's right. Women with neck, people with neckties move numbers around on computers. I don't trust them. <laughs> she can't be pleased that the husband is bringing in the dough. No, because what's happened is asshole Marxist feminists have taught women that they need to compete with men. You'll be happy when you achieve equality with men. Just go and compete with men for salaries. Spoiler. This is generalized statements, so there's lots of exceptions. But let's just deal with the basic fact here, okay? Women cannot compete with men any more than men can compete with women. I say this again. Women cannot and should not compete with men. Men cannot and should not compete with women. We are not born and evolved to compete with each other, but to complement each other. <sighs> I mean, for a woman competing with a man, it's like putting a strap on and trying to figure out who's on top. <laughs> what a shitty relationship. How are they actually married? Sounds like the woman wants to dominate him. Ben Shapiro admits, different races perform disproportionately in different academic settings. Race and IQ is going mainstream. Yeah, we'll see. Ain't going to get my YouTube channel back. I still do not understand where is the resolution to this situation was the aim to just publish it. Competition and keeping score ruins relationships. Absolutely. Hey, Steph, have you ever considered moving to Alberta before it separates? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, don't do not compete. Do not compete with your wife and do not have her compete with you. So, okay, let's just talk about a couple of things here that are really important with this, right? So, of course, the husband has gone into a field where he works with things rather than people. And you know what's amazing about working with things rather than people? Things replicate. His computer code replicates across dozens or hundreds or thousands or millions or hundreds of millions of computers. So, of course, she's gonna, he's going to get a multiple to his effect, right? I mean, if I was in competition with the guy who had to come to your house to give a speech, I'm going to win because what I do replicates and the guy who comes to your house to give a speech doesn't replicate, right? So whatever you can do that's going to replicate is going to make you a lot more money than whatever you do that's one-off. And so she went into a job, as most women do, she went into a job which is touchy-feely lots of people, right? Touchy-feely lots of people. And I know this sounds condescending. It's not condescending. These jobs need to be done. And women like to do them. Women like to work with people. They like to work with feelings. They like to work with language. They like to work with relationships. Men like to work with things and objects and cars and computers and bridges and engineering and, and our shit replicates. I mean, it's not nothing compared to actually making a baby, but you know, it's not, it's not bad, right? So that's the first thing, right? Uh, secondly, men, <laughs> guess what, dudes? All right, hit me with a Y. If you've said no recently, hey, donate to freedomainradio.com. Freedom, sorry, freedomain.com forward slash donate. Freedomain.com forward slash donate. If you're going to say no, just hit me with an N. N, no, Steph, I'm not going to donate. I get great value out of it, but I'm not going to donate. Hit me with an N, right? So, yes, sorry, Steph. Oh, fine, okay, I'll take the donation. Um, but uh, you can say no, right? Say no, men say no. I remember... Uh, when I was early on in my career in the business world, uh, I, I messed something up and I went to the project manager and said, this needs to happen. This needs to be uh, done. And you've, you've heard this phrase before, right? You know what the project manager said is quite right. The project manager said, a failure to plan on your part does not constitute an emergency on my part. A 
the failure to plan on your part does not constitute an emergency on my part. Very true. Very right. And just rushing in panicking doesn't make anybody do anything, right? So she doesn't say no to her coworkers, right? Which means she's, and, and they're roping, in, roping her into their projects. Now, what that generally means is she's working with a bunch of women. The women aren't particularly good at their jobs. This is where we come for frankness, right? So she's working with women. The women aren't particularly good at their jobs, and she needs to rush in and save the women around her, right? Can I donate one Satoshi or a Doge? I'd give a whole Doge coin. Whoa, slow down. <laughs> slow down, Rockefeller here. A whole Doge coin. One Satoshi. Wow. I'm a woman, and women need to be told no. Of course. Of course. If you could help, help your friend, your, your girlfriend and, and your wife, you help them out of their delusions. Help them out of their delusions. So she sees a gap. Now, I'll tell you something else. I'll tell you something else. And you know what? I'm going to figure out how to make this a uh, chatty chat because it's cool getting the text back, but I will make this a voice chatty chat. So when you, I know it's a lot of, bit of a sausage fest here too, right? It's great to have the ladies here and I appreciate that. So did when you were growing up, did you know remarkable boys and men? Like guys who just... Could just do amazing things. Only fans work replicates. <laughs> That's true. Women prefer it when you say no, even though they don't realize it in the moment. Yeah, you know, it's called the shit test, right? A woman says something kind of crazy or kind of mean or kind of underhanded or kind of insults you or whatever, and you just you call her up short. I mean, God, of course you do. You do that with a male friend as well, right? So yeah, so you you guys know. So when I was growing up, um, the neighbor boy threw a rock through our window and my husband won't go talk to the father. What do I do? Um, well, I would figure out why you got a spineless guy on your hands. Why did you choose a spineless guy? Or did you choose a guy with a spine and chew down his spine like a rat, right? Uh, you don't want to be, I don't mean you're like a rat, like a rat would, right? Chew through a, a rope or something like that, right? So yeah, why would you Why would you choose a guy who, who wouldn't go and talk to the dad or, or do something like that? Why would you want someone like that? Or did you chew him down? In which case, you got to build him back up, right? So when I was growing up, there was just an amazing group of of young men. Uh, when we, we played Dungeons and Dragons together, and uh, we played uh, um, soccer together, and all these kinds of things, right? And one of my friends, the guy who was our dungeon master, became a professor of engineering. Another one became a professor of economics. Uh, another one became a professor of English literature. A lot of professors. Uh, it's kind of what I'm saying. Didn't know any. Another one became an architect. Like just really smart guys, who could just do things that were amazing to me. I mean, when I was first learning how to computer program, I was working on a pet computer, and I was uh, building a spaceship exploration and fighting game, and I need a it needed a flash, and, and this guy went in, sat down, in like 20 minutes, he wrote an assembler program that flashed the screen of a pet, which was only. ASCII characters. So it was an amazing thing. It was a subroutine. He just sat down and wrote it. And I never learned how to do assembler on, on a pet. It was just amazing. My other friend who became an uh, economics professor wrote a game on the Atari 800, pure assembler, and uh, which is a horrible, horrible language to work with. And it was like, release the Kraken! I remember some spaceship game, sort of like um, uh, 
uh, Starcastle. Anyway, um, just did, did amazing things. Just did amazing things. Uh, there was a guy I worked with when I was running the software company, and we would sometimes play, um, oh gosh, what was it? Uh, Unreal Tournament after work, and I could beat just about everybody. I'm pretty good at first-person shooters, but uh, this guy could just toast me. Like, it was it was absolutely weird to me. It was like I never figured it. And ne honestly, I never figured it out. Like, he was always behind me. He always knew where I was, even if it was some big, complicated maze game that we were playing. And he was just unbelievably good at this game. And I don't think, to be honest, I don't think I ever beat him. I don't think I ever even came close to beating him. So this is kind of what it's like to be a dude. So if you're a dude, you know other men, other boys, who can just do the most amazing stuff. You may know it in athletics. You may know it in music. You may know it in, in academics. You may know it in memory tricks. You may know it in weightlifting or anything like that. I mean, I remember a guy... You know, we all started getting into weightlifting in our sort of mid to late teens. And one guy just bulked up like crazy. Now, maybe he was uh, taking substances. I don't know, some, some steroids or something. But it's just wild. Uh, let's see here. Steph, I'd be totally down for playing UT, Unreal Tournament, with you. I used to play the single player on 200% speed. So a multiplayer felt like slow motion. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I'd play that again. I haven't played it forever, but I would, uh, I would play it again. So... When you're a guy, and, and just you know, hit a Y, when you, I want to know, is it just me? Was it just, yeah, headshot. <laughs> I can't feel my legs. So did you know guys who could just do, do pretty wild stuff? Maybe they memorized uh, song lyrics for every song they ever heard. Uh, anything. Did you just know people who did amazing things that you couldn't do? That you couldn't do? I mean... My best friend, one of my best friends in high school, got more than 100% on math. And he ended up doing a math and physics double major. Uh, he didn't make it. Unfortunately, he got too stressed. But um, yeah, yes, right? You, you guys know what it's like to be around guys who can just do the most mind-blowing stuff. And now, on the other hand, there are guys who just do completely dunderheaded stuff. And that's certainly part of the general bell curve of male intelligence. But if you're a reasonably smart boy and teenager, you know, there are people around who can just do the most amazing. I had a, a guy I knew built robots in the 80s. Like, it uh, uh, amazing. I'm the guy who was that for computers. Yeah, so a lot of you guys know this, right? Okay, so basic IQ stuff, right? Basic IQ stuff. So women score lower by a couple of points on the IQ test as a whole. And women, at the upper reaches of IQ, there are almost no women. And again, there's nothing to blame. It's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean superior or inferior or anything like that. But when you start getting to the upper reaches of IQ, men start outnumbering women 4 to 1, 8 to 1, 10 to 1, 20 to 1. And then at the very upper limits of IQ, there are almost no women, almost no women whatsoever. And I believe it's physical. I believe it's brain. I believe it's um, you know, probably a lot of genetics. doesn't really matter whether it's... I mean, even if you said it's 100% environmental, nobody knows how to change it. So, uh, yeah, let, let's get some feedback here. Let's get some feedback on everyone here, right? So, 
Uh, let's see here. I knew a guy working on making algae fuel for cars eventually once I got to third year of college. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Why? It's you, Steph, and speaking in philosophy, etc. Oh, thank you. It's very kind. Golf? Yeah, absolutely. You see it all the time in astrophysics research. Oh, yeah, guys who can just keep those equations and figures and relationships in their heads. Just amazing, right? Um, James, what were you talking about here? Oh, yeah, with computers, right? It just comes naturally to me. It's hard for me to coach or explain. Oh, yeah. I um, When I was in college, I had a little side business just repairing, fixing, and helping people with computers. I once went for a job interview and got the job because the guy's computer wouldn't boot, and I figured out it was a uh, uh, one of his BIOS settings, and then his Windows wouldn't boot, and I managed to repair his any files and all of that. I just was always able to get things to work. I mean, I could get network printers to work on DOS. I mean, talk about something that's pretty remarkable, right? I mean, because I'd just be curious. I'd just go through all the DOS commands. Oh, what does this do? What does that do? Just, you know, all of that kind of stuff, right? My brother used to disassemble electronics in the house and build RC airplanes with it. Yeah, right, right. Guy says, my dad is genius level for anything involving construction, mechanics, engineering. Now he's sick and can't do what he used to. It's sad. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, always been a good storyteller. Used to just ramble stories with my cousin, making stuff up on the fly. And there is kind of a meme, and I think there's some truth in it, that women tend not to be as good at storytelling as men. Uh, heard women's brain changes after given birth. Could that have an IQ impact? IQ tends to be really stable throughout your life. It's one of the most stable things that happens. My wife gets USBs the right way around every time. Well, of course, she's she practices with your penis, so that makes a huge difference. Um, even in the 90s, I was always blue-collar oriented, was jealous of buddies who knew computers. Yeah, master of the innie. I was master of the innie, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I had a um, 386 computer, 386 25SX, I bought from Mighty Max for $1,300 back in the day. And I knew how to use to load... Gosh, what do they call it? High loading or something like that? You used to find TSR, Terminate and Stay Resident Programs. You'd load them to the high area of memory between 640K and 1, one meg. You'd load programs up there so you'd get more memory. And I had uh, entire batch scripts to boot me up in 800 by 600 versus 640 by 480 if I was at an external monitor or the internal monitor or whatever. So, yeah, I was always with that kind of stuff. I've been told I'm doing nothing with my life. And now I'm 35 and struggling in life. No skills. I love video games and weed too much. I'm stuck. So, Glenn, what you need to do is look into your heart, look into your history, and try and figure out who's invested in your failure. Who is invested in your failure? Because somebody wants you to fail. In other words, if you succeed, somebody's going to feel like shit, and you're pleasing them unconsciously, probably as a parent. All right. I excel in generalism. I think that skill is, I don't think I think that skill is great personally, but it doesn't do much for my CV. Now I'm afraid you have to specialize. You have to specialize. Okay. So the reason I'm saying all of this is because women, when they grow up, they don't tend to know remarkable women. They don't tend to know women who can disassemble computers and rebuild them as drones. They don't tend to know women who can you know, do differential equations in their head. They don't tend to know women who flip through a book on vector calculus and know it end to end. They don't tend to know women who've memorized all of Shakespeare's sonnets. They, they just, they don't know these women. There's a big general blur of average with regards to women. And again, this is not a, anything disrespectful, nothing negative. I'm just, these are just facts, right? Just facts, right? So, when women grow up hanging around other women, 
there tends not to be this massive disparity. And of course, if there is a disparity with men, we like to show off that disparity, right? So I was very good uh, at diving. I could do like flips and a half and twists and all of that. So I would go to the pool and I would do all these big spectacular dives when I was uh, in my teens, right? I was on the swim team. I was on the water polo team. I was on the cross country team. I was on the tennis team. I was like, you name it, right? So being athletic, I would want to go and show all of the cool things that I could do, right? And my, and my other friends would show me the cool things that they could do and all of that, right? And whereas for women, for girls, there probably isn't anyone that remarkable around them. And if there is someone that remarkable around them, that person will tend to hide her light under a bushel for fear of being accused of lording it over people. I mean, I don't know what it was like for you guys. When someone was really good at something, I didn't feel resentful. Okay, occasionally when I was playing Unreal Tournament <laughs> with my friend, got a little resentful because frustrating because I'm used to winning, right? Um, so when you grow up as a boy, you, you're showing showing off, right? It's just the old thing from that old Superman movie with um, Christopher Reeve, right? It says uh, he, he runs home faster than his friends drive, and his father says, showing off a little bit, aren't you, son? And he says, is, is the bird showing off when it flies? No. This is cool stuff that I can do. Yeah, men are natural-born show-offs. Men admire men, and women can be kind of catty, kind of pull things down, right? Somebody says, yeah, I used to do parkour and acrobatics. My friends and I love to show off these flips to each other. It's inspiring to see people do better. Oh, just go to a skate park. Go to a skate park and just watch the, you know, the kids rolling all over the place doing all of this uh, incredible stuff. I mean, it kind of annoys me, but uh, Ada Lovelace, first programmer. Lots of women are experts at piano and cello playing. Well, um, where women truly excel is in novel writing, um, and particularly romance novel writing. Women are undisputed masters of making money doing that stuff. So, uh, And see, here's the thing, right? So Ada Lovelace, the first programmer. Okay, so but the fact that you know her name, it's just so boring, right? So do you know the name of the first male programmer? No, because there were just so many of them, right? But you know the name of this woman, right? Because, right? Uh, I am a woman and I prefer to be around men in all situations, especially professional. Yeah, female competition is really, really, really tangled. Really, really tangled and messy. Uh, I loved singing but learned fast not to show it. My girlfriends hated me for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my ex-girlfriend was significantly dumber than me and I was explaining stuff and she was just not interested. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Try and get the majority of women interested in economics, uh, in in cash flow, in derivatives, in, in computers, in, in Bitcoin, in artificial intelligence. I mean, they just glaze over it. They're just not interested. And again, it's not a negative. It's not, an, it's not, it's just an observation. It's absolutely not a negative in any way, shape or form. But with, with men, it's all like showing off and competition and you did better and somebody else tries to do better. And we celebrate, I mean, occasionally it can get annoying and, and, we, and but part of that annoyance is, is really trying to do better, really trying to do better. And I was in a garage band in my teens and uh, Sting was the big guy. And I just, I don't have Sting's vocal range at all, right? So I was just singing too high for myself. And uh, there was another guy who could just uh, sing and it was like, really great, right? I ended up being on stage with them just uh, mucking around. But uh, yeah, it's pretty wild, right? Show off physically reminds me of the love dance of birds. Yeah, males show off to show their fitness to females, right? And 
so it's really, really important to recognize that when women grow up, they don't, in their female circle, they almost never see somebody who's truly remarkable. Now, what they do see is a woman who's spectacularly beautiful, right? You have M. Michael Jackson's vocal range, though. <laughs> Did you see that? Somebody took my, my picture and put Thriller to it. It's pretty funny, right? No, no. It's not that women can't stand each other. It's not that women can't stand each other. Um, well, let's get into that later. No, it's not. Uh, it's, it's not. It's not that, I don't think. But for women, the competition for men is around uh, beauty. And I remember distinctly, it's one of the first things I learned about female nature when I was in my teens. When I, so, my gosh, I don't really want to give too much backstory, but what the hell? We've got some time. I got nothing to do in the morning, so um, I'm happy to chat. But um, when I, I used to take, I used to work for sort of four months or three and a half months or four and a, four and a half months up north, do my gold panning, and then I'd come back for a couple of weeks to the city just to be in the city. And my friend I was, and I were working with, we, we got a special deal back then from Air Canada. We, we could fly anywhere in Ontario and Quebec. I think we paid a couple of hundred bucks and we could fly anywhere in Ontario and Quebec for a month. So we took a month off and we just flew all over the place and had just an amazing time. Uh, and anyway, I met this woman and we kind of half dated a little, but it just never quite clicked, right? Nice woman. And we hung out for a while and, and we were friends and all that. But anyway, I remember being in a car with her and we were going to a disco. She had brought a friend of hers with her. So um, myself and this woman, we were going to uh, a disco. I must have been maybe 19 or, or 20 or something like that. I used to dance all night. Oh, man, it was great. Watch out. You might get what you're after. Uh, Burning Down the House was one of my favorite songs uh, to dance to back then. Just great drumming. Anyway, um, so I'm sitting in the car with my friend and her friend, and we're going to this disco for the night, and there's this woman walking down. She's got, you know, halter top on and tight pants and, you know, the big 80s hair and all of that. And she looked fantastic. And the two women looked at her, swiveled to each other and said, bitch. And it was like, poof, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Now, men have this a little bit. Again, you know, the, you got some, you know, junior stud muffin who's the quarterback and he's getting all the girls. And you're like, ah, son of a bitch or whatever, right? And, yeah, bitch, they said. And her nipples were showing, right? And, and it was like, that's unfair. That's not reasonable. And what can you do, right? What can you do? So women compete in terms of beauty. And beauty is kind of limited, Right. But men compete in terms of intellectual and athletic ability, and that shit is off the charts in terms of like, whoa, people can just do some crazy, crazy stuff. Now, it's true that when it comes to competing for being a model, a supermodel or something like that, that, that beauty and all of that, you're going to have those spaghetti legs. And at the moment with the recent French fashion show, you have to have women's faces in your face as they hang down your body in some end of the Roman Empire shit, right? How did they say bitch? Bitch! Like genuinely not like, oh, what a bitch, right? Just genuinely frustrated and angry that this woman was going into the nightclub and she was going to get more male attention, right? Imagine Steph in his bell white bottoms, collared shirt, wide-eyed, having an epiphany. Oh, come on, man, I'm not that old. This was not in the 70s. In the 70s, I was 10. <laughs> so how many women did you date? Um, a few. <laughs> 
<laughs> a few too many. A few too many, let's put it that way. We are going to another disco. Another disco. Disco after disco. J.K. Rowling, amazing mind? No, nah, she's a good storyteller. I wouldn't say she's got an amazing mind. Um, that's not uh, not the same. I mean, you look at Tolkien, right? He was also a professor of the classics and, and uh, knew his Beowulf of the original and so on. It's a little bit different from J.K. Rowling, who's a single mom who wrote a great story, wrote some great stories. Actually, I shouldn't say that. Harry Potter is is one of the one of the most disappointing arcs. I mean, I've heard Game, Game of Thrones is pretty bad, but um, I thought the first maybe two books were really good. And uh, man, they just went to shit. Ah, they just went to shit, right? Have you kept in contact with any of your exes? No, I'm married. What are you, crazy? You, <laughs> you don't stay in contact with any of your exes. You're married. Done. Done. All right. Tony Montana, Steph Era. Why would the women be frustrated by that? There are still dozens and dozens of men for them to pick. But see, that's a male perspective, right? That's a male perspective. Which is, no, but they're looking for the alpha male. And if the alpha male is going to be drawn to this woman, and the woman was playing unfairly by having not wearing a bra, having her nipples out, uh, showing her ass uh, half. I mean, that's just an unfair, that's an unfair thing. Uh, this is, that's why women can't handle getting old. They have nothing to them but their looks and never thought it would end. Be more than looks. Well, not all women, of course, not all women. Um, how can men ask women to be chased, but also sow their oats? Because they're men. <laughs> like, women have a shit test called nagging, and men have a shit test called have sex with me. And if the woman has sex with the man, he will enjoy it, probably, although it's not that great until you get to know each other's bodies, but um, he'll then just dump her, right? And, and not respect her. If the woman says no, are you crazy? I thought you said you look up your old exes sometimes to see how bad they're doing. Yeah, every couple of years, if the mood strikes, I might look into that. But that's not keeping in touch with them. God, no. Um, and this is the thing, too. Like, women complain, and it's, oh, my God. It's just how much how much wisdom and knowledge has just been absolutely destroyed. Um, to the point where they're literally like babes lost in the wood. They're just lost little lambs with, with the wolves of time circling around them, ready to sink their gnarly, knotted, year teeth into the jugular of their youthful fertility. It's just horrendous. Because women, you say, read all these articles. Well, oh, I can't believe I'm I'm invisible. I turn 40, I turn 50, and it's like society doesn't, I, 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 nobody pays me any attention. And I, oh, I hated male attention, but then it turns out when I'm not getting male attention, I hate that even more. Oh, I'm ignored, nobody pays any attention to me. I, oh, right? Well, that's because you didn't get married. <laughs> you didn't get married. You didn't settle down. So by the time you're in your 50s, you know, you should be pushing grandma status, right? Now, women who are, you know, they're, they're great wives, they're great mothers, they raise great children, um, have happy big families, and then their children love them, and their children have their own children, and they become grandmothers. So they don't get ignored. They're loved. They're central to the entire family. They're the matriarchs. People are always over at their house. They are worshipped and adored. But the women who thought that men were just going to be interested in them even post-fertility, oh, God, I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, when I, listen, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, right? It's an important question, right? Now, when you were growing up, did you ever think 
before the age of, say, 18. Did you ever think about getting drafted? You ever think about that? You ever think, oh, what if there's a war and I get drafted? What, what if there's a war and I, I get drafted and I have to go to war? Right, just give me a why if you're a guy and you thought about that, right? Of course you did, right? Particularly, I mean, I was in the Cold War. I wasn't sure if we'd get drafted or just end up as nuclear shadows on the wall. Right, right, right. Melonious Thunk. That's a very funny name. It's like the uh, jazz musician, but backwards, right? Yeah, that's why I never registered to vote at 18. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. So, Tim Pool's hairpiece. (laughs) Has anyone ever got a picture of him with his hat off? I don't know. So, yes, there's one one exception, right? So all the men thought about getting drafted, right? Because that's the big risk for a man, right? For a big risk for a man is somebody's going to drag your ass off and put your gun in your hand and tell you to shoot someone who's never done anything to you. So men are perfectly aware of the gravest threat to manhood, which is war. I don't know why women are so completely unaware of the gravest threat to womanhood, which is time. Time is a sniper that takes down women. Age is a biological weapon that erases women who don't settle down. Right? Donald draft dodger Trump? Oh, shut up. No, he generally had a bone spur in his foot and come on, right? You want to talk draft dodger, go talk to Bill Clinton. Oh, God. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know why women imagine that they're going to remain as great a draw to men post-fertility as they were pre-fertility. Oh, sorry. Uh, as they, sorry, that's the wrong way to put it. I don't know why women imagine that they're going to remain as attractive to men post-fertility as they are in their fertility, uh, adult fertility ages, right? What would you do if you were drafted? I'm in my 50s. I'm, I'm, I've dodged that bullet, so to speak, I guess kind of literally, right? Some men don't, don't get drafted. All women get older. Yeah, but we're aware of that, right? And, and one of the reasons why men get into politics is because politics kind of matters to us, right? Because we get drafted. Politics don't matter as much to women because the political system, all it does is run around treating women as children, patching up all their mistakes, paying for all of their stupidities, uh, raising their children, giving them money, giving them free health care and all this kind of crap, right? That's all the political system does is run around simping for women at the expense of men. Uh, if you've seen the study that came out of New Zealand, I think it was, that men vastly over-contribute to the tax system and women vastly take from the tax system. I mean, it's a massive transfer from men to women, right? So just crazy. I think we are all aging, men and women. Men and women also lose their youth. I do agree women are delusional. Yeah, see, really, this is the kind of big big brain thing you're bringing to this philosophical conversation, really. This is what you're doing. I'm sorry to nag on you, man. I really am, but I'm going to be direct with you. I want to get to be direct with you. Your big contribution to this rather complex analysis of male-female relationships in a statist age, in a welfare state age, your big contribution to this is, you know, men and women both age. (laughs) Please tell me more about time. (laughs) Time affects men and women? (laughs) Oh, wow, you've really blown my mind. (laughs) Come on, man. 
this is the kind of stuff that probably would get you punched in a different age. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. If people are trying to have a complex conversation and you're saying, you know, uh, two and two do make four. Remember that. Remember, that's the way the condescending thing. You know, I think we are all aging. Men and women also lose their youth, right? Yeah, passage of time. Thank you for contributing this to the conversation. It's just kind of funny, right? Men and women age differently. Men and women age differently. Uh, being fertile, having a period takes its toll on a woman, doesn't happen so much for a man. And men retain their fertility into their old age. Not ideally, but they do retain their fertility. And men bring resources to the equation. Men accumulate more resources as they get older, and women don't. So, you know, sorry. All right. My wife has gotten more attractive to me after 21 years of marriage. I've learned to see her, not just look at her. That's very nice. Women are delusional when they think they'll be desired by men in their 50s. Well, some women are desired by men in their 50s. It's just those men tend to be in their 70s, right? Everyone looks better at 30 than at 20. I agree. What a stupidly uh, broad statement. Drafting starts at 18. Old age for women doesn't start until 40. We don't think about it until later. No, come on. 30. 30 is a big passage for women. 30 is the first freak out for women, right? Because now you're in your 30s. And old age for women does not start in, uh, uh, until 40. It, it starts long before 40. I don't mean old age, but sort of post-fertility. Because, I mean, I don't know if you've never talked to a man about this, but if you're a man and you want kids, you don't date a 40-year-old woman. I mean, if you're a man and you want kids, you, just, you can't. Men, men are aware of this. I don't know why women aren't aware of it. How, I mean, how are men aware of it and women aren't? I don't even know. But... Um, no, you can't go past your mid-30s. And even that's squeaking it quite a bit, right? You can't, if, if, you, if you're a man, let's say you're 35 years old and you want to have a family, and don't wait that long, guys, but, you know, let's say you have for whatever reason, right? Well, um, let's say you meet a woman and she's 35 years old. Okay, so we got a date for at least a year before we get married, and then we should probably spend a year or two getting used to each other and, and figuring out what we want to do and learning how to run the household and all that kind of stuff. So she's already 37, 38 when you start trying to have kids. Now let's say you want to have three kids. Eh, too late, man. It's gone. That ship has sailed. Well, that ship has sailed and sunk. So no, if you're a guy in your mid-30s and you want to have two or three kids, you're looking for a woman early 30s at the latest. At the latest. So if you're a woman and you want a high-quality guy, because remember, the choices for women, when women are younger, the choices for women are huge. Any reasonably attractive woman has a pick of 10 or 20 guys. Easy. That flips in your 30s. So now it's the men's choice. And, you know, a woman in her 30s who says, I'm ready to settle down, what she means is, I have no capacity to pair bond anymore. I... Slept with too many guys, and I'm going to divorce rape you. So, yeah, no, that's that's no good, right? So, no, old age, like, a woman's sexual market value, and that doesn't mean for sex. It just means dating, marriage, and all that, family, children. Um, it starts to diminish in her 20s. I mean, fertility starts to diminish when a woman is 27 years old. By the time she's 30, 90% of her eggs are dead. So... Unless you want to stress out a marriage with desperate fertility treatments and praying that the cryo babies of frozen eggs are going to make it. Holy crap. No, no, no. For women, if, if you're not seriously um, thinking about settling down in your mid-20s, 
you are going to end up very, very unhappy, right? When are women going to fight for reducing men's overall tax burden and fighting unfairness by making equitable <laughs> tax contributions? That's never going to happen, man. That's never going to happen. A friend's parents divorced after 40 years. He was 69, she's 73. Your thoughts on such a situation? I don't know. Why would you stay married if you're miserable? And if you're going to stay married, find a way to be happy. Is fertility less of a concern with freezing egg tech getting better and better? Not really. It's expensive. It's still unreliable. And, you know, don't don't be an old old parent. You know, my daughter's 12. I'm I'm 54. Now, I happen to be, you know, pretty good health and, and pretty fit and all of that. But, you know, I, I'm aware. I'm aware that I'm not going to be able to spend that much time with grandchildren, certainly not great grandkids. So. Men's libido lasts until their last breath. Uh, right. 35 is when they consider a pregnancy geriatric. Yeah, that's right. Men's peak market value to women is between 30 to 40. Yeah. Dating site data shows every age of man privately prefers early 20s women. Well, sure. Of course, right? Because they haven't, uh, you know, uh, divorce is dick dose dependent, right? It's a lot of Ds there, but... Yes, there are a lot of D's there. Divorce is dick dose dependent. Uh, the more the more sex a woman has, the more likely she is to divorce you. It just shreds her capacity to pair bond. It gives her self-loathing. It gives her a horror of masculinity. And uh, it's just terrible. It's just terrible. I remember when my ex in one night age is nothing but a number and we should live life. Then a week later, the biological talk is clicking. Uh, clock is ticking. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What's a good number of children to have if money isn't an issue? Well, the more children you have, the more company they're going to have through life as a whole. So why doesn't school teach women this shit? Because school is there to destroy Western civilization, and this is a great way to do it, right? Why didn't my mom teach me this? Yeah, so I got an email from someone today who said, uh, oh, you know, I'm dating this woman. She's very attractive, but she's got kids, uh, two daughters in their early teens. She's divorced. She's got two daughters in their early teens and the daughters are very fat and she doesn't teach them to exercise or eat well, even though she herself eats well and exercises. What's going on? And the answer to that is pretty clear, is that the, the girlfriend, the, the, the svelte woman in her 40s, um, the, the kids remind her of her ex and she's punishing the ex by making the children fat. And it's really pretty, pretty easy, right? How do you know MGTOW isn't right? with your wife and a few others excluded. I mean, I have a daughter, right? I want her to grow up with a civilization. That would be nice, right? Uh, I told my 26-year-old best friend to get married. She went Les instead. There was an article recently about a lady that froze her eggs and they all failed to fertilize. Oh, yeah, it was a big article of, oh, you can concentrate on your career, no problem, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, yeah, she just... Uh, how many dicks are too many? Well, uh, once you break the hymen, it's everything after that, uh, right? Did the 1920s Russians end up in America using the same tactics to bring us the liberal democracy to communism playbook? Yes. Uh, the truth about marriage, there's a truth about sex. So remember, go to fdrpodcast.com. There's a great search window. And below the podcast that you get back should be a link to the library of BitChute version of the video. So you can find my videos pretty easily. Uh, I know that a lot of these sites don't have great. Uh, search capa capacities, but I have a good search capacity, FDR, free domain radio, fdrpodcast.com. And just do your search there, you get the video right away. So, and also they're tagged, right? There's not just the title, so there's categories and tags, tag clouds as well. So here's the other thing about this 
this um, guy whose whose wife is nagging about him. Like, what the hell's your problem? Go have some kids. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing, right? Look, you got to do this. You got to do this with the women in your life. You got to do this with the women in your life. So what you do, what you do is um, you sit down with your wife, you sit down with your taxes, right? Now with this guy, right? So what he should do is he should sit down with his wife, right? And they said they make 200K and he makes three times what she makes. So she makes 50K, he makes 150K. I mean, something like that, right? So what he should do, uh, hey, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do it. Because what's more fun than live math, right? Okay. So yeah, let's do this. So she makes $50,000 a year, which is about $25 an hour, but she's working more than 40 hours a week. So she's probably making about 20 bucks an hour, right? And he's making uh, $75 an hour, right? Now, their combined income pushes them into a higher tax bracket and all that kind of stuff. So what you need to do is you need to sit down with your wife, your girlfriend, and say, okay, honey, um, let's figure out how much you're really making. Okay, let's figure out how much you're really making. So let's take your money after taxes, right? At 200K, you're probably in a 40 or 50% tax bracket. Let's just say 50% for the sake of argument because I'm from Canada or I live in Canada. So she's making about 10 bucks an hour, right? And then you say, okay, um, how much does it cost for you to have this job, right? We need a second car. And this is before working from home and all of that. And it'll change again, right? So we need a second car. Okay, so that costs us, uh, you know, $10,000 a year or whatever. So you got to deduct that. It's another five bucks an hour that we have to pay for your car. So that takes us down to, we went from 20 bucks an hour down to 10. You need a second car and that's just a bunch of other expenses. So um, yeah, you're making, uh, you're making five bucks an hour. You, you got to break it down, man. You got to break it down to the actual after tax, after expenses, facts of the matter. So not only are you making five bucks an hour, but you're unhappy, you're resentful, you're stressed, you don't sleep, you can't say no to your incompetent coworkers. So what are you doing? Five bucks an hour is <laughs> three times lower than the proposed minimum wage from the Dems, right? So you got, you got to break this. Listen, it's not a fun conversation, but it's really, really important. Because women, in this sense, LARPing as income providers is completely ridiculous. It's not real. And then you say, okay, here we go. Let's say that five bucks an hour, let's say we want to have kids. And why this couple is not having kids, probably why she's bitching at him so much, because she's, she's begging him. Come on, people. This woman in this story with this shitty job overworked, resentful. She's needling her husband because she's saying, please, dear God above, can you pry me loose of this feminist, iron maiden, chain gang fantasy of empowerment? Please, dear God, free me from the bullshit that is me working like a coolie. Forget it. Forget it. So then you say, okay, so basically you're taking home five bucks an hour. Five bucks an hour. Is it worth it? We don't need the money. I mean, I, I make 150000 a year, the husband says, right? We don't need the money. 
What are you doing all this for five bucks an hour? Now, then, of course, she's going to say, oh, well, but I'm only making five bucks an hour because patriarchy. It's like, nope. No. Do you see how much Jennifer Lawrence gets paid for a movie? It's not a patriarchy, honey. Do you see how women make a fortune in pornography or fashion modeling or romance novel writing? It's not a patriarchy. You're just not that good at working. I know it's a pin out of a grenade, but you've got to make that. You've got to tell people that if you love people, do not withhold the truth from them. The truth will set you free. It's going to piss you off first, but it will set you free. You got to set your woman free. Just go down to the math, go down to the numbers because, you know, people, everyone gets, and this is one of the great things about marriage, somebody who really cares for you and tells you the truth is you get kind of in this, um, you get this groove, you know, this train track. Oh, I got to work. I got this job. I got this deadline. And you just, you know, your days just kind of blur by like, like the spokes in front of a hamster wheel, just blur, right? They say, look, the net worth to you in the marketplace is five bucks an hour. It's not because of a patriarchy and there's nothing wrong. It's just, it doesn't, it doesn't suit you. It doesn't suit you. You're not happy. You're working too hard. You're resenting the shit out of me because I'm better at this. And there's nothing wrong with me being better at this. There's other things that you'd be fantastic at. You'd be fantastic at having kids, breastfeeding, raising kids, transmitting values, loving them, bringing them to fruition, bringing the next generation, transmitting all the cultural values of the West. You'd be an amazing person homeschooling and running a community that, that of like-minded people so that, that we have safety, security, and a lack of Marxist propaganda for our children. You can do all of these amazing things, amazing things. But honey, honey, for God's sakes, don't try and compete with me in making money. Do not try and compete with me in making money. And here's the deal. I won't compete with you on breastfeeding, all right? And instilling cultural values into the children during the course of the day, making them into strong, great, moral human beings. But you got to break down the numbers because you say, oh, if we're going to have kids, right? We're going to have kids. Oh, well, we've got to have childcare, right? <laughs> well, good luck finding childcare that isn't a David Letterman Velcro wall for five bucks an hour, right? So childcare is probably at least 10 to 15 bucks an hour. So we have kids and we're paying them. You are paying childcare workers three times what you make so that you can go and pretend that you're economically productive. Your economic productivity. And here's the other thing too. Imagine how much more this guy could make if she just supported his career. If this woman, this wife just supported his career paved the way. I mean, he's doing all this stupid shit like walking dogs and tidying the house and stuff like that. Why? Why is he working more? But he's not working more because he doesn't want to subsidize his wife's pretend career. And, oh my God, I've heard this story about a bazillion times. Oh yeah, my girlfriend wants to be like a motivational speaker or she wants to run a blog, a fashion tip blog. And what happens? Well, the guy ends up having to do the website and the guy ends up having to do the marketing materials and the guy ends up having to figure out how to do the Google ads and he just does the whole damn thing and she just sits there and wastes time and money. Come on. Come on. My job wants to do racial equity training next month. Can I sue or just keep quiet? Why are you working for a place that does that kind of horrible stuff? I mean, why? Why would you why would you do that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Sorry, let me just uh Yeah, see here's the thing too. 
uh, this woman says, I'm a stay-at-home mom of three. Congratulations. I, I hugely appreciate that's the most important thing you could be doing. I wish I could do it. Um, I'm a stay-at-home mom of three. I don't know how some moms afford to keep their jobs. Well, they can't afford to keep their jobs. It's all just make-believe. It's all just make-believe. Raising children is so important for society. Well, that's the whole point. If we don't raise our children, if we don't raise our own children with good values, all the suffering that came before to give us this society was a complete waste of time. They use their husband's salary to balance their mistakes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Childcare is nothing more than minimum wage people giving your children their values. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Um, and remember, a lot of anti-white hatred being stoked these days. That's going to translate into childcare as well. What's the motive for all this world society destroying? Is it just sadistic? It's a good question. I will mull it over. Steph, how did you become so good at understanding why people do what they do? Well, it's not, I wouldn't say it's not that hard. I mean, maybe I do have some particular skill, um, but I just, you start with a blank page, right? You just start with a blank page, right? And say, okay, so this woman's working. Is she actually making any money? Just ask, the, just start with, just wipe it blank. Just start from, as if you're a space alien, just coming down to observe humanity, right? And then it's pretty easy. This woman says, my husband and I shared funds 100% while I raised the kids and he worked. We were just on the same page in regards to money. Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. Wife was diagnosed with bone cancer at 13, battling that for 10 years after being told she would not live to 18 has made her an incredible woman. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm so glad to hear that she's doing well. After our kids were old enough, she wanted a professional job. I wasn't about to tell her no. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I mean, fantastic. Fantastic. There's nothing wrong with women having great professional jobs, just not at the expense of raising kids, right? Uh, hey, Steph, do you like gold? I, did you mistype Bitcoin? I don't quite understand that. I suspect a large number of working married mothers will choose not to return to on-site work after the lockdowns. Your opinion? Oh, just, uh, just, <laughs> just stay home and raise your kids. I don't know. This whole maternal instinct thing just turned, it turned out to be total bullshit, right? This whole maternal instinct thing. Oh, women have got such a strong maternal instinct. Well, unless um, Marxist tells them that it's empowered for them to go and work in the complaints department at the local department store, and then they'll just dump their kids into immigrant, uh, uh, barely literate childcare workers, and that's it for West, the West. Um, let's see here. Oh, yeah, I wanted to mention this as well, right? See, we men, we will defer to women. I, I've been, right? got, you got to teach your kids about this, right? So you, you, men will defer to women, right? Because women are delightfully incomprehensible. They're angels. They're, I, I think women are wonderful as a whole. And men are wonderful as a whole too. But we defer to women, right? If a, you know, you try being a woman, I mean, they've done these these videos, right? Like a man hits a woman and, uh, and the entire crowd just go and pull them off and threaten to call the cops and what happened and they hug her. The woman hits the man, everybody just laughs, right? A woman crying alone in public, everybody wants to give her sympathy. A man crying alone in public, everybody just wants to give him a wide berth because he's crazy, right? Um, so we, we will defer to women, women and children first and all of that. And that's, that's great. And, and we defer to women because women do have to make a lot of sacrifices. I mean, men do too, but women have to make a lot of, men sacrifice their bodies in manual labor for most of history and women sacrifice their bodies in childbirth, right? So, um, we defer to women and all, all we ask in return is, Children are the continuance of civilization. Like, it's why we defer to women. We defer to women so 
because we respect how much they give us children and the continuance of civilization. All of the sacrifices, all of the difficulties, all of the challenges. This is why men ask out women. This is why men learn how to handle rejection. This is why women have the pick of, of the litter, so to speak, the pick of the men. Men propose, women dispose. Men ask, women say yes or no. And we give all of this deferral to women for the deal. And the deal is, we'll defer to you. We'll think you're wonderful. We'll give you a bit of a bubble. We won't criticize you too much. We may hold reality at bay for you just a little bit there. And we'll do all of this work for you. We'll do all this yeoman's work. We'll do all this coolie work. But in return, you kind of got to give us the kids and the continuance of civilization. Now, when the women say, no, I really don't want to give you the kids and the continuation of civilization, it's like, hmm. And this is where a lot of the MGTOW stuff comes from. It's like, no, I'm not going to defer to women because they're not keeping their end of the bargain up. Deferral is because of kids and cultural values being transmitted. That's what the deferral, that's what it's all about. And if you're not going to give us that, then no. No, 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 no. All right. Let's see here. Steph, stupid people used to die off early, generally speaking. Technology has allowed stupid, unproductive people to steal resources. We need to get back to no technology. Eh, that's a uh, that's a big deal, right? It's a big, big statement, right? Uh, it's not technology. You know, it's uh, debt. Debt has kept a lot of people going, right? Uh, now we treat immigrants like we treat women. Yeah, so, I mean, what happens is, of course, if you can convince women not to have children, then the maternal instinct remains as powerful as ever. And then if you can convince women that there are vulnerable, marginalized, excluded minorities, then all of the maternal instincts they have for the underdog, right? Women always root for the underdog. Men always root for the winner, right? Women root for the, the lost, the broken, the lonely, the isolated, the rejected, the blah, 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 right? And men root for the winner, the champion, right? Men root for the abs in 300 and women root for the underdog loser who works in a hardware store, right? <laughs> Some woman said the other day, I don't know why people find it hard to meet people. Just all you do is go into a hardware store in a tank top and ask what a hammer is. <laughs> That's what life is like for women, man. Yeah, so if you can say, oh, these are refugees and they're, uh, they're lost little lambs and, and the people, the, the, the Turkish boy who drowned on the beach, you know, they're just trying to seek for a better life, then if women have kids, they have to weigh the kid's future against all of the sentimentality. If women don't have kids, their entire maternal instinct and rooting for the underdog goes straight over, straight over to the underdog, which is why losing has become winning and victims have become all powerful. The cry bullies, right? It's just wild. It's just wild. And listen, it makes perfect sense that women root for the underdog because there's no winning or losing when you've got babies and toddlers, right? I mean, can you imagine you've, you've got, I don't know, like a three-year-old and a one-year-old and you just throw some food into a, onto the floor and say, good luck. Well, the three-year-old's going to get all the food and the one-year-old isn't, right? Because they're slower and all that. So that's not a fair competition. Now you've got a 12-year-old and a 13-year-old and they have a running race, whatever. Okay, that's, you know, you start to go that way. But women are going to root for the underdog because women have invested huge amounts of calories, energy, resources, and pain in giving birth to every child. And if there's a child that's not getting enough, then the woman needs to fix that situation like right away. Otherwise, that child isn't going to make it. So they root for the underdog. They make sure that uh, they take from the uh, stronger and give to the weaker because the older kids will take more and the younger and weaker kids will get less. So they redistribution, socialism, uh, from each according to their ability to each according to their needs, that's perfectly right and just and fair and wonderful. 
when it comes to babies and toddlers. Which is why, I think in the Jewish tradition, if there's a family breakup, the women get the children until the age of seven, and then the men get them after that. Because you want the rooting for the underdog when you've got babies and toddlers. You want equality of outcome. Not equality of opportunity, right? I mean, if you've got a five-year-old and a two-year-old, do you say, well, you could just go out and, and you can eat all of the uh, strawberries you pick? Well, the five-year-old's going to get a whole bunch, and the two-year-old is going to get barely any, right? That's not fair. It's not the two-year-old's fault. He's a two-year-old. And so women have a natural egalitarianism because they have to even out the uneven abilities of toddlerhood and early childhood. I mean, to, be, to take a silly example, right? If the woman gives birth to twins, she's got two breasts, right? And um, this, she's not going to have a competition. She's going to make sure it's even so that both kids get the calories they need to grow. So competition, meritocracy, goes against women's nature because women are designed to deal with babies and toddlers, babies and toddlers, babies and toddlers. Now, if you, they don't have babies and toddlers and you can convince them that other people are marginalized victims without a voice, then they're natural. Oh, we can't have a meritocracy. We've got to... We kind of, you can't even have a meritocracy. Like they can't even be a gifted kids program. Like we understand IQ, so we know it's going to be uh, Jews, East Asians, and whites generally at the top. Hispanics and and blacks and other groups are a little bit lower, and so we understand IQ spreads. So we can we know what this is, why this is occurring, and um, people who don't, the women are like, oh, we can't have that meritocracy. It's unfair. Things got to be fair. Got to be. And this is why when women get political power, you get socialism because their instinct is to make everything fair in terms of outcome. And again, when you're dealing with babies and toddlers, that is perfectly right, and nobody should interfere with that. It's what keeps us all alive. But you can't treat all of society full of adults as if it's babies and toddlers, but that's women's instincts a lot of times. Ah, let's see here. Hey, Steph, I would like to hear your thoughts on Iceland. The women here rule the show. It's really leftist. Yeah, of course. Women are leftist. Women are, women are equality of outcome. Women are... Uh, take from the powerful and give to the weaker. And that's exactly how it should be when they're dealing with babies and toddlers. But then they think all of society's babies and toddlers and they can't, can't handle it, right? Who is excited to see millennial women blaming men for not impregnating them sooner? Yeah, just look at it. Angela Merkel. All her refugees are her children. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the political leaders without kids, females, is, you're doomed. Yeah, you're really doomed as a whole. The work, the work is equal. Fathers are important as babies become children and adolescents. Women are great at feelings. Men are great at logic. Yeah, so women keep women keep the babies and toddlers alive and men prepare them for adulthood. That's how it should be. And it's and this is wonderful. There's nothing wrong with that. It's perfectly natural, right? Uh, let's see here. Whoever whenever women go up to talk to a new person, the man almost always responds. When a man steps up, less than half respond to men. Yeah, sure, that makes sense. I root for winners. As a woman, I prefer winners. And I'm really sorry immigrants are taking over Europe, for example. Yeah, and, and they, Europe opened its borders because that, that boy uh, drowned on the beach, which was the result of his father overloading the boat. Right? Yeah, you and I put our kids on a bike without a bike helmet. We can get in trouble, but this guy goes into a stormy sea with an overloaded boat, causing the death of his child, and suddenly Europe has no borders. Right? Nobody needs a mansion or billions of dollars. I don't understand what you mean. Nobody needs a mansion or billions of dollars. Nobody needs a mansion or billions of dollars. Do you need a computer and a keyboard? No, but you're using them. I don't understand what that means. Nobody need, do, do you need the internet? Do you need a webcam? Do you need a phone? Do you, no. Nobody needs a mansion or billions of dollars. 
What if they built the mansion? What if they earned that money through voluntary trade? Who the hell are you to say what people can have or not have? Who made you god of property? What the hell's the matter with you? I mean, so what's your serious malfunction? Who are you to say what people can or cannot have? Nobody needs a beautiful wife. Nobody needs abs. Nobody. What kind of crazy, psycho, bossy mom did you have that you think that you can say what people can or cannot own that they earn? <laughs> what's the matter with you? I don't understand. Nobody needs an audience of a million people. Who the hell are you to say what people should or shouldn't watch? I don't understand. I don't understand. I'm missing something here. Uh, wow, I didn't know Stefan is on DLive. Yes. <laughs> For now. Yes. Actually, you know what we haven't done? Let's do this. Oh, look at me. Look at me looking looking fine. All right. Uh, let's, do, let's do a spread here. Cannot donate to yourself. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> do you know how much people are masturbating in lockdown? Believe it or not, there's been a study. Philosopher is gifting one subscription. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, you guys can't still donate, right? You can't still donate, can you? Oh, you still can't donate, right? I think they made this uh, adult only some while ago. Yeah, people are masturbating on average three times a day during lockdown, which statistically means one of you has fapped during the uh, course of this uh, presentation. I'm not sure how I feel about that. <laughs> Well, if it's a woman, I guess it's all right. See, there we go. There's some female preferences. D-Live sounds like an OnlyFans for males only. <laughs> that is that is funny. Guilty, says someone three times a day. Just did. It was me. <laughs> no, it's the guy who did 69. Ontario is currently experiencing its third wave, so it's only a matter of time. What, until you masturbate? I don't understand. Is this, this is a turn on for you? Is that right? Oh, you can donate? You can donate? Oh, yeah, yeah. Please donate away. I would appreciate that. Reply why if you have fapped. Uh, for the people who take a long time, I don't want to know why. And people have said that they've had their best orgasms during the pandemic. So I guess there's an upside. I guess they got yellow fever. So Steph does cause a mental erection. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, fapping right now, thinking of philosophy and Bitcoin while doing it. Hey, man, let your freak flag fly. All right. Um, oh, what's it? Some guy said uh, no fap until Bitcoin hits 100K. <laughs> Pretty funny. All right. Um, oh, yeah. So I wanted to mention something else. Uh, let, let me ask you this, right? And women have their complaints about men, which I think is very important. Um, looking down the barrel of a third lockdown right now. Yeah, Europe's uh, they got the third wave going on, right? I'm bang up for a mansion. It's what keeps me focused. Steph, did you or your wife ever regret having only one child? We would like to have had more, but nature did not cooperate. Uh, you can't earn billions of dollars without ripping off millions of people. Oh, you're just, you're, all you're doing is you're justifying your own lack of pursuit of success. And you're saying, well, only, uh, only rich and successful people, they can only get that way by exploiting people. And so you're afraid to try to go for the gold. And so you say, well, it's a bad thing to go for the gold. And I'm morally superior and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Uh, my son and daughter are both capable young adults now. That is because of all their father has taught them. Well, no, Laurel, it's you and your father. You are both key to the success of your children. And it's 50-50. Statism as a whole uses the people being toddlers as an excuse for theft. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, that's quite true. 
All right, what have we got here? People are too dumb to take responsibility for their own actions, but they can still vote. Well, it's not that they're dumb and won't take responsibility for their own actions. It's that if you can vote away the negative consequences of your own bad decisions by getting free money from other people by force, and you don't have to um, risk the force yourself. You don't want to go rob someone. They can shoot you back. They can beat you up. They can run after rent, but you go through the government. It's perfect, right? All right, what do we got here? How do people have the time? Um, well, apparently, uh, what's that CNN lawyer? who uh, was caught uh, masturbating on a Zoom call. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, somebody says, oh, sorry, that was me, but you did lift your shirt earlier. So, yes, that's very true. Now, just in case you've got two in you. There we go. Just for you. Look at that. 12 or 13 chest hairs right there just for you. Um, a lot of women aren't there for you during your come up. They just sit at the finish line and talk to the alphas. Won't talk to you till then. Sure, yeah. So in the past, when men and women got married, the man had to take the risk that the woman would cheat on him or be an, and or be infertile. Uh, and the woman had to take the risk that the man wasn't going to be as successful as she thought he would be. So yeah, for sure. Stefan, will this COVID insanity ever end? Yeah, it's a long, long universe, man. Billions of years to go. Five billion years till the sun runs out. So yes, at some point it's going to end. Think Bitcoin will hit 60K today. I just did a whole Bitcoin thing earlier today, so I don't want to talk about that. I've become black-pilled, Steph. My inner Dr. Strangelove feels so good to let out. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Um, are women more hypergamy than men because they have more choices? So, yeah, they have more choices. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Steph, thank you so much for your show. I don't know where I would have ended up without it. You are a gift to this world. I love you, man. Thank you so much for telling me that. That's just, just wonderful. Beam some love Stefan's way and share his work. It must be over a decade following Steph. I'm grateful for that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Uh, Canadians are more compliant than Americans. Some polls have measured approval for lockdowns around 75%. Well, um, so uh, Canadians are in general less remarkable than Americans. And you know this because the remarkable Canadians tend to move to America. Right, we can go through the whole list of movie stars and comics and intellectuals and blah, 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 all move to America, right? So I will tell you the big secret about why people love the lockdowns. They love the lockdowns. They love the lockdowns. They get a sense of drama. They get a sense of importance. They get that, oh, did you hear? They get that sense of dread. They get that sense of excitement. They get that sense that something important is happening and they don't have to take any risks. Right? So if you want to make something important happen, you go out there, you start a business, you start a podcast, you go and out, ask out the girl or you whatever it is, you go and try out for the sports team or whatever. You try and learn piano or some new sport. You, you, you go out there and you try and do something, something big in the world. Forget the piano thing, right? But something big in the world, well, you could fail. You could be attacked. You could be deplatformed. You could run into trouble. So that's risky, right? So this is why people like the sense of achievement without risk, right? So if a woman really worked her hypergamy muscles well, and I have no problem with hypergamy, this is women's desire to marry up. I have no problem with hypergamy. I think it's wonderful. It's why we became progressively more intelligent as a species. Hypergamy is great. So hypergamy would give a woman a man with enough money and enough love and respect for her that she can go and spend a bunch of money, right? She can go and, and buy clothes and, and whatever, right? So for a woman, spending is a mark of having uh, got a quality guy and it makes her feel good. And and the desire to spend is one of the things that has women chase after the alpha providers and lock them down into marriage and so on, right? 
So for a woman, spending money, particularly on useless shit, uh, is is a mark of of success, right? Which is why malls are ninety nine percent women and ads are ninety nine percent for women, and you got all this useless shit floating around the world that women spend all the money in their own universe for. So normally, though, to get that kind of money, you've got to work, you've got to do sit ups, you've got to uh, dress to the nines, you've got to keep your skin clear, you've got to get a nice haircut, you've got to be a good conversationalist, you've got to bag an alpha, and then you've got to have his kids and you've got to raise his kids. A lot of work to get that kind of commitment out of a man. Or you can just get a stimmy check, or you can just get a welfare check, or you can just get whatever, right? So, yeah. Everybody wants, and, and men do the same thing with video games. Oh, look, I leveled up. Oh, look, I did this. And I play a couple of games, no problem, right? But I'm also out here trying to achieve things in the world and all that. So, you know, focusing on promoting Bitcoin to end war, you know, not a bad thing to do. Uh, in the world as a whole. Oh, and by the way, uh, I did say back in the day, you know, remember Trump bombed that airfield with the, uh, like he droned that airfield because in Syria, because uh, Assad had had um, gassed his own people and blah, blah, blah. And I said at the time, total bullshit. And it's now just been confirmed. It was in fact total bullshit. I don't consider myself any genius for that one, but that's just the reality. So to actually go out and make history is tough. It's risky. And you get a lot of blowback and attacks and you're challenging the status quo and, and interfering with the easy reins of power over the plebs that the elites have. So it's kind of risky to go out there and actually try and achieve something important in the world. If you just let something important happen to you and you feel like you're living in dramatic times, people love this. And also, and also, you know, people are really scared of life. You know, people are, there are a lot of people out there they're socially anxious. They're agoraphobic. They're they're just anxiety-ridden. A lot of them, you know, grew up single moms and and they've been medicated as kids and uh, it's just a mess, right? There's a lot of anxiety disorders out there, a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety disorders, a lot of people who feel they can't win, uh, they, they, it's not worth trying, they're not attractive, they don't like themselves, they're not happy with their lives. Lockdown, oh. Lockdown means that the bullet of life has been dodged. Lockdown is, oh, thank God. I don't, I don't have to go meet people. I don't have to go out and try and find out what I'm worth on the sexual market value scale. I don't, I don't have to go out and try. I don't have to go. I'm, I can just be home and watch Netflix and not feel like I'm a loser. Not feel like I'm failing, not feel like I'm wasting my life. No. I'm staying home being a loser. But scratch out loser. I'm a hero who's saving lives. I'm, I'm fighting a pandemic by staying at home and masturbating like a coke-addled monkey and watching Netflix and doing a bit of work. I'm a hero. I have to risk anything. I don't have to go out there. I don't have to fail. I'm a hero for staying home. It's the agoraphobic metal. The social anxiety disorder medal that's being handed out left, right, and center. People love these lockdowns. They love them. That's why there's not that many people fighting about them. It's given them this huge relief that they don't have to be out there struggling and fighting and failing and stressing. Now, of course, it's just going to make them worse. Whatever fear you surrender to gains more power over you naturally, inevitably. So, yeah, and people, they love the lockdowns. This is why. This is why uh, people love the fear porn of, of COVID, right? Who has the naked Steph emoji? Everyone, I assume. Is Stefan starting an OnlyFans? <laughs> Milo Yiannopoulos is no longer gay. Now he too will enter the market of searching for women. But isn't he married? He's married to a black guy, right? 
Whoops. <laughs> Most Waterloo grads moved to California in the US. Yeah, I used to go and get Waterloo grads for my software company. And yeah, of course, of course they did. I get the sense of this is stupid with the lockdowns personally. Yeah, the lo look, let's, let's be honest with each other. Nobody knows what the fuck is going on with this virus. Can we at least just be that frank about each other? Nobody knows what the hell they're doing. No predictions are coming true. Mask mandates don't seem to make a damn bit of difference. Florida, which is open, has been doing way better than California, which is closed, even though Florida has an older population. Nobody knows what, I mean, the idea that anyone says this is what we should do. Now, I agree with opening up, non-initiation of force. I'm a voluntarist, so the government shouldn't be doing any of this shit. But let's at least, every time you read something about, oh, there's a third wave in Europe. I don't know. I don't know. I have my doubts because they can just dial up and down these PCR tests. The, the guy who invented the PCR test was recently ripping the shit out of Dr. Fauci saying Dr. Fauci doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. And I talked to people back in the day about Fauci and AIDS and what happened. Oh, my God. Horrendous. So, yeah, nobody knows. Nobody knows. Great wanks keep us complacent. Well, and I did a show some years ago about um, uh, pornography and the dangers on, um, it produces erectile dysfunction for men a lot of times. So let's see here. I have to go do some work. Been great hearing your voice again. Keep fighting the good fight, Steph. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Missile command on the old Wayback video system is always a glowing and positive end. Lefties are in big cities. Let them have it. <laughs> I used to love that game, Missile Command. It was one of the games I first tried programming on a pet computer, but I only had ASCII. It didn't get too far. Holy shit, that is true. That explains 90% of people these days. Oh, God, they love that. They love this lockdown. They love it. They love it. And this is why, if you, this is why people get so angry. Like, if you can feel like you're a virtuous doctor, hero, savior, by wearing a mask into a store, even though I think masks are mostly bullshit. If you feel like a hero and somebody says, let's stop wearing masks, then you've got to face the void of your life, which has only become worse during lockdown. You understand? The amount of mental health that is being, like, mental health disasters that are being produced by this lockdown, people's mental health is absolutely disintegrating. And it ain't coming back for most people. Like once you've surrendered to, to, to this level of fear for like a year straight, you're addicted, man. You're addicted. So when you say we should end the lockdowns, people freak out because you are telling them to get back on the treadmill called life and they don't want to. Their legs are wasted away. Wasted away. And a hero for browbeating people who want to actually live their lives. Oh, yeah. Look at the, look at the bully power that the lockdown gives people. You're out there without a mask. You get to bully the shit out of people. For bullies, this is like a godsend all the way from the state down, right? In Brazil, we see that those who love the lockdown the most are the public servants as their salary is still guaranteed. Oh, shit, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Um, I, I, if, I, don't, I don't listen to anybody. I don't listen to anybody who suffers no negative consequences from a bad prediction. I don't listen to anybody. Dr. Fauci going to lose his job with a bad prediction? What about that Neil guy from the Royal College of blah, blah, blah that came up with this bullshit thing last year about oh, how bad things were? What did he lose? This is the guy who ended up, uh, what, getting caught, uh, breaking lockdown to go visit his girlfriend or something like that. So, yeah, when some government official says something or other, I don't give a shit. I don't care what they have to say because they suffer no negative consequences for being wrong. So it's just all political. If, no, if, if nobody has skin in the game, I don't, I don't, I have no idea why anybody would listen to these people. 
I mean, teachers, teachers, of course they don't want to go back to class. Are you kidding me? I mean, one of the great unspoken things in society, might as well break all the taboos tonight, right? One of the great unspoken things in society is how much teachers are physically at risk from minority students. Well, minority, I mean, mostly blacks and, and uh, Hispanics and other groups, but not so much East Asians, not so much whites, although it does happen. But they don't want to go back to the classroom. They're finally living a life free of terror, of, of going into classes. And, uh, and and it's not just physical violence. Like, what if they say that, what if they get angry and, and say the wrong thing to a black student? I don't mean the N-word or anything like that, but just say something that could be misinterpreted or, and then they suddenly get caught up in this maelstrom. They can just stay home, man. They, they don't want to go back to school, my God. And the idea that we talk about the efficacy of government schools when 21 million people in America are illiterate, not functionally illiterate, illiterate. Hi, Steph. Love your show. It helped me to find the courage to start a family. Last April, I became a dad. Mwah. Congratulations. Congratulations. Fear porn, it sadly spreads through everything. Oh, yeah, people get really addicted to fear. They get really addicted to fear. Uh, this is really too much information. You're correct, but I actually don't stay at home. Too many do worthless reviews. Sorry, I don't that. All right. Shouldn't going out and making friends and getting girlfriends and having kids be a reward in itself? What caused this? Um, lockdowns have no science behind them. Yeah, that seems to be the case. And have you heard this guy, gosh, was he from the Netherlands? This guy makes makes two important points, and I'm paraphrasing them, so please go go look this up yourself. And if you know the video, please post it in the chat. But he basically is saying, look, you, you, can't, you can't administer a vaccine during the middle of a pandemic. A vaccines are used to prevent pandemics, like smallpox or polio or whatever, but you cannot, you cannot inject people with a vaccine right in the middle of a pandemic for the simple reason that you're simply training the bug to evade vaccines because it takes a couple of weeks for the vaccine to, to have an effect. And it's kind of like if you, if you ever got, I got yelled at this once by a doctor when I was a teenager. Um, when I was in the band, uh, I, I sung my throat raw. And I got a sore throat and I took antibiotics and I felt better after a couple of days. I didn't finish taking the antibiotics and he yelled at me and he was right to do so because I was just like the strongest antibiotic, sorry, the strongest bacteria. Uh, I, I let them still live rather than killing them off with the full round of antibiotics, right? This is how the superbugs get created. So he says, if you administer a vaccine in the middle of a pandemic, you are causing the greatest possible propulsion be behind the creation of new strains of the bacteria. Right, because if you prevent like smallpox, right? I mean, you get smallpox vaccine, and and the smallpox never manifests. Okay, well, you're not training like you're preventing it from coming into effect. But if you've got, you know, bazillions of these viruses flying around, and you're injecting people with all this virus-fighting stuff, then there's viruses are spraying all over the place, and they're hitting people who have various levels of vaccination or non-vaccination. You're simply creating a perfect storm wherein you're going to get more and more variants and tougher and tougher bugs to fight. That's number one. Number two, he said, and I've, I've read this before, and in particular to do with ferrets and with cats. They've tried doing coronavirus vaccines in the past. But, but what happens is we've been living with coronaviruses as carbon-based life forms for billions of years, right? So we have a very sophisticated immune system for dealing with coronaviruses. This is why few people die from the flu and almost nobody dies from the cold, right? So we have a way of just dealing with coronaviruses as our natural immune system. He says you bring in something like the COVID vaccine and you get this big, giant mechanical method for dealing with coronaviruses. And one thing that's very true about the human body, if something's already present, your body stops producing it. 
right? So one of the problems is if cocaine gives you a lot of endorphins, your body will stop producing endorphins because it doesn't want to overload your system, right? So you get this big artificial mechanical COVID defense system. And yeah, it's pretty good for COVID. It's what they say, right? It's pretty good for COVID. But your body stops bothering with its natural coronavirus defense system. And what that means is when you get a coronavirus that's not COVID, you can be in some serious shit. Again, I'm not an expert. I'm not a doctor. Uh, if anybody knows who this guy is or, or uh, what he was talking about, uh, just uh, let me know. But yeah, this is, this is the big, one of the big issues, and we will have to see. Ah, yes. Okay, here we go. Uh, let me just double check this one. I'm sure you are correct. But let me just... Uh, Yeah, that's the one. Okay, uh, so his name is Heert Vanden Bosch. So Heert, like Heert Wilders, Vanden, so G-E-E-R-T, -E Vanden. Bosch, I guess like the uh, Connolly character, B-O-S-S-C-H-E. So yes, uh, this could be an immunity catastrophe, uh, he says. And um, the, I'm sorry for you this URL if you want it. Uh, I haven't vetted it, but uh, he says... Uh, uh, thehighwire.com forward slash videos forward slash a coming COVID catastrophe with hyphens between each word. So thehighwire.com forward slash videos forward slash a coming COVID catastrophe hyphens between each word. And uh, yeah, you should really, uh, really check this out. It's um, it's important. I mean, I have him on the show, except, uh, you know, my reputation is so much down that uh, it probably would do him more harm than good. Let's see here. Yeah, uh, so a nurse was, uh, somebody was saying that uh, uh, I know a nurse, and she told me they just test people until they get a positive result. Yeah, you can just keep cycling this PCR test until you get a positive result. So, and have they um, have they isolated COVID, like in the lab? I don't know. I've heard I've heard it both ways. So, do you think having a business that profits from the welfare state is immoral or opportunistic? I mean, it wouldn't be my first choice of a business, but uh, you know, you got to live, right? Just, you know, keep your eyes peeled for other opportunities. And I would certainly, uh, I think buying a Bitcoin is not a bad idea. You said in the live stream three weeks ago that medication helped you bolster your mental health better than drinking. What kind of medication? What the hell? <laughs> I really don't think I ever did. It must have been some other live stream with, with someone else. I barely have drunk in my life and I haven't gotten drunk drunk since like I was 20, really. So, um... I don't, I never took medication for mental health. Um, I've never taken a sleeping pill. Uh, um, I've never taken, um, yeah, I've never taken any psychotropics. Uh, I've barely taken any medication in my life. So I don't know what that, I barely drink and, and uh, I've never taken any medication for mental health. So I, sorry, this is, uh, this, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't mean this in a hostile way. I could genuinely have no idea what you're talking about. It must have been somebody else that you're, you're thinking of. Um, well, it's, you know, Jordan Peterson has a new book out. Should we just finish up with, with good old JP? Okay, let me just get another couple of questions here, right? All right. People say this lockdown is a practice run or drill for something down the road. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I certainly have a concern that it's part of the depopulation agenda. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, let's see here. 
Because of the tax the government is giving women in subsidies, making harder for men to gather resources to attract and provide for women. Any tips? Um, watch my crypto and uh, investment roundtables. Uh, yeah, here at Vanden Bush. Yeah. Boomers just want to dodge paying for their sins. Yeah, for sure. Dr. Bosch says the mRNA shots will stop immunity from other diseases and variants. Well, this is the other thing, too, and I talked about this some months ago, that what happens if everyone's lived in a fairly sterile environment for a year? Like, what the hell happens to your immune system if you don't? It's like, what if somebody put you in an iron lung for a year or put you in space for a year? What would happen to your muscles and your, your bones? Well, they would all start to disintegrate. Like, what the hell? And again, I'm no doctor, but I think you're, you know, I know that, that kids who grow up super sterile sometimes seem to get more uh, and, and stronger... Um, allergy responses and so on so it just seems to me that you know living in this this hyper clean environment like what happens when we go back to any kind of regular life just seems kind of odd all right let's see here yeah why do young people's lives have to be put on hold because grandma could die um so the number of babies who haven't been born has vastly outstripped the number of old people who've died, number one. And number two, upwards of 80% of cancers are not being caught because of reduced screenings, which means millions of people are going to die of cancer. And you know, I take this very personally as a survivor, so yeah, it's too bad. I've had arguments with my dad over these lockdowns and can't convince him. He endlessly appeals to authority. Okay, it's got nothing to do with lockdowns. It's got everything to do with his fundamental belief in the efficacy and value of his own life. Like, if you have no life, what do you care about a lockdown? It makes having no life a virtue. It's all it's about. It's not about science. It's not about facts. It's not about concern. If people were so fucking concerned for everyone else, why the hell do we have a national debt? Jesus. If people were so concerned, why is it the British girl who got raped 500 times and reported it to the police that she ended up getting prosecuted? Why? If people cared so much about others, why are the government schools so shitty? Why are children at a much higher likelihood per capita being sexually abused and raped in government schools than they ever were by Catholic priests? And nobody talks about that. They don't care about others. This, it's all bullshit. It's all a smokescreen. It's all a lie. Oh, the government just cares so much about you. That's why they're selling you into debt slavery for buying votes from idiots who can't organize their own lives. They just care so much about you. That's why if you don't pay your money to these people, they'll throw you in jail where you could get raped. That's how much they care about you. Come on. They don't care. And people don't care about each other. They don't care about each other. You know, you, you guys are here, which is fantastic. But, you know, I mean, I went from a million subscribers on YouTube to, what, 80,000, barely, on BitChute, right? So cancel culture is working because people are letting it work, right? Cancel culture is working because people are not following me over. They're not doing their thing. And I, I love chatting with you guys. And there's a jazz club intimacy to this. And I have no problem with it. But I'm just saying that cancel culture couldn't work if people didn't let people be canceled or let them disappear. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. Yeah, they don't care. I mean, when I was a kid growing up, I know exactly how much people cared about me. When I was a kid growing up, you could regularly hear through the thin walls of the apartment buildings that I grew up in, you could regularly hear my mother screaming and breaking plates and throwing knives and beating me up and me screaming and crying. And, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people 
in the various apartment buildings we lived in heard all of that. Nobody once called the police or knocked on the door or even anonymously called Child Protective Services. None of the teachers who saw me bruised, none of the teachers who saw me exhausted with bad clothes and no food and and none of my p- parents' friends when I used to go over and, and just hang around in the hope that I'd get something to eat. Nobody gave a shit. And now the idea that, well, we care about some stranger might go through a week of bad flu. Oh my God, we just got to shut down all of society. It's total bullshit. It's total bullshit. If this lockdown is all about saving even one life, then we should end it because of all the suicide and cancer victims. Yeah, it is itself. Lockdown is totally selfish. It's totally selfish. I wish to manage my own anxiety at the expense of people dying from cancer by the millions. Where's the link on public school sexual assaults versus Catholic sexual assaults? You could look up, I think it's Godless, uh, Ann Coulter's book, she's in there. You can look it up online, come on. Why why do you ask people for links? Just look shit up yourself. What are you, broken? Your finger's broken? All right. Okay, we'll just do another minute or two on Jordan Peterson. Okay, so he's got a new book out, which uh, it's, um, (laughs) I don't know, the guy who hates communism who worked for the UN. He's got a new book out. There's kind of some real audacity in that, right? Because he's all about take responsibility, take responsibility, take responsibility. And I won't get into the ins and outs of his medical situation, but uh, uh, basically he got, he was on benzos for a long time. And benzos are incredibly addictive. The benzodiazepines incredibly addictive. They're supposed to be for very, very short-term things. Uh, a friend of mine who's a doctor said with regards to benzos, like, okay, if somebody really freaks out on a flight, I'll give them a cup of benzos for the flight, but you've got to stay off that shit because it's highly addictive, right? Now, he's uh, Jordan Peterson is a Harvard-trained psychologist. He's, he knows doctors all over the place. And I'm sure of the years of his practice, he had tons of people who were freaked out and turned out that they had benzodiazepine addiction because it's very common and all of that. And, uh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So he's he's got a problem, which is how the hell does he explain his benzodiazepine addiction, which almost killed him. He had to be put into a coma, I think, in, in Russia to, to try and detox and still hasn't really worked as far. Anyway, so how does he how does he deal with it? Well, he says, uh, I, I mysteriously ended up addicted to benzodiazepines. It was just, I don't know, it's just who could have predicted, who could have known? substances I put into my body for months or years, which are known to be highly addictive and the warning labels right there. I mean, how could I have known? So look, I, if he'd have said, look, I, I didn't listen to my own advice because he was a total workaholic. Like he was on all the shows. He was touring. He was doing his private practice. I think he was, took some break from university, but a guy was working like insane hours. His wife got sick and then she had to deal with the burden of his addiction and so on. So at least have the, the, the good grace and the honesty to say I took a highly addictive substance and then I couldn't get out of it. And I walked into this with knowledge, with knowledge. Come on. But the idea that, oh, just, I don't know what happened. I just, it turns out these things are kind of addictive. Come on, right? I mean, it's just, there's not honesty there. That, that's branding. That's not honesty. That's not, that's not clean your room. That's not own your shit, man. I promise you, if I ever end up in a coma in Russia, Oh, hasn't he been very pro-Canadian healthcare? And it seems he just went to America and to Russia to get as far away from Canadian healthcare as humanly possible. But anyway, but I promise you guys, if I ever end up addicted to benzodiazepines, I'm not going to claim complete ignorance. I mean, psychology and psychiatry kind of overlap quite a bit, right? 
because you need to know, at least according to mainstream practices, you need to know when you can help someone with talk therapy and when they need to go to a doctor. So the idea that a psychologist doesn't know anything about benzodiazepines, I, no, no, don't believe it for a second. And, um, you know, when you, you see someone lying, in my view, about something like that, it, it seems to me it's a lie. I can't prove it. It just, I, I, I can't imagine, I can't imagine that you would be prescribed something like this. The doctor wouldn't say it's addictive. You don't read the label. You don't read any backdrop. You don't read any background. You don't do any research. You don't just, you know, hey, are benzodiazepines addictive? Anybody? Oh, somebody, he actually said, I can't believe I did that because I should have known better. Um, no, I, I, I believe he knew better. Okay, somebody do, do me a solid in the last minute or two here. Just do, do me a solid. Type up benzo addiction. Let's all, let's all do it, right? Right? Somebody says, oh, you should take these pills, right? You should take these pills, right? Uh, benzo addictive. Benzodiazepine addiction, symptoms and signs. Benzodiazepine dependence. My addiction to benzodiazepines was harder to overcome uh, than heroin. My addiction to benzos was harder to overcome than heroin. How addictive are benzodiazepines? Benzodiazepines, sometimes called benzos or downers, are highly addictive, especially when misused, used long-term, or used concurrently with other sedative drugs. In 2012, researchers at the National Institute on Drug Abuse found that, quote, benzodiazepines cause addiction in a way similar to opioids, cannabinoids, and GHB, whatever the hell that is. Benzodiazepines are potentially addictive, and the risk of becoming emotionally and physically dependent on them increases the more you take. In addition, tolerance can develop with their use. Oh, my God. And so he was suicidal and addicted to benzos, right? His spiral is drug addiction and suicidal thoughts. And then undergoing a controversial Russian treatment that placed him into an induced coma for eight days. I don't remember anything from December 16th of 2019 to February 5th, 2020. The self-help author said, I don't remember anything at all. Oh, my God. He penned the international bestseller, 12 Rules for Life, an antidote to chaos. Antidote to chaos. Do you think that addiction is somewhat chaotic? Yeah, pretty much. But was struggling with an addiction to benzodiazepines prescribed to him after a violent reaction to a strict meat and greens diet. Oh, my God. He he didn't sleep for 25 days during this time? The longest period of human sleep deprivation ever recorded is only 11 days. Oh, my God. He was prescribed a low dose of antidepressants, which helped him recover. The dosage was increased after Peterson sunk into depression following his wife Tammy's cancer diagnosis. And he said, and things just fell apart insanely with Tammy. Every day was life and death and crisis for five months. The doctor said, well, she's contracted this cancer. So it's so rare. There's virtually no literature on it. And the one year fatality rate is 100%. So endless nights sleeping on the floor and emergency and continual surgical complications. So I took the benzodiazepines. 
Tammy Roberts recovered from complications with her kidney surgery, but Peterson's drug dependency worsened. Dad started to get super weird. Oh, Michaela. Oh, my God. Super weird. It manifested as extreme anxiety and suicidality. Uh, so he says, uh, I had put myself in the hands of the medical profession, and the consequence of that was not was that I was going to die. So it wasn't that the evidence from Moscow was compelling. It was that we were out of other options. He also got COVID. Uh, didn't he get twice um, uh, pneumonia or something like that? So I don't know, man. Look, I don't mean to compare suffering or anything like that. And I, I have a lot of sympathy for the guy. I really do. I really do. I mean, it's, it's, it's a hell of a thing to have to go through. But, you know, I got diagnosed with cancer. My wife didn't end up as a drug addict. It's just, you know, you, you got to be there for someone. Don't start taking addictive substances so that you end up having to have them focus on you when they're fighting for their life. <laughs> it just seems like that would be a uh, a pretty important thing. A pretty important thing. Let's see here. Peterson, who also contracted the coronavirus during his time overseas, returned home to Canada to recover from akathisia. Uh, that's um, restless condition, uh, you know, twitchy movie withdrawal of benzo stuff. Uh, he told the Sunday Times that being labeled an, quote, icon of white supremacy and hate speech by employees at his book's publisher affected his mental health. <laughs> Go look at my Wikipedia page. You don't see me on benzos. Oh, dear. And he could have called me. He could have just called me and said, hey, man, you've been in the public eye a lot longer than I have. You're still doing well. What's your secret, man? But, you know, maybe he doesn't like asking for help. I don't know. So Peterson told the papers, I was at the epicenter of this incredible controversy, and there were journalists around me constantly and students demonstrating it's really emotionally hard to be attacked publicly like that. And that happened to me continually for like three years. Yeah, my first one started in 2008. So, yeah, yeah 13 or 14 years for me, right? She, he said, I was concerned for my family. I was concerned for, concerned for my reputation. I was concerned for my occupation. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty rough. Uh, it's pretty rough. When asked about the apparent irony of turning to drugs after telling his followers that life is about battling through pain and suffering, the author deflected. No, I've never said that. Look, if you're a viable clinician, you encourage people to take psychiatric medication when it's appropriate. What I really encourage in people is to understand that it isn't useful to allow your suffering to make you resentful. And believe me, I've had plenty of temptation to become resentful about what's happened to me in the past two years. Okay, it didn't really happen to him. He went and pursued and courted this. And I'm not, you know, he did some great work and I, I admire the guy in many ways. Uh, but, you know, you gotta, uh, you got to be frank, right? So you encourage people to take psychiatric medication when it's appropriate. Okay, is it appropriate? Is is benzodiaz are benzodiazepines a long term solution to these kinds of issues when they come with uh, almost certain risk of catastrophic addiction? I don't think so. And again, I you know I don't want to sound down on on JP. I really don't. I don't. I mean, guy's done a lot of great work, a lot of great work. There's a good picture online of Jordan Peterson's bedroom, and it's super messy. <laughs> it's weird that Peterson says not sleeping for days was the worst thing in his life, not his daughter's ongoing illness. Oh, man, insomnia is brutal, though. Um, I agree this criticism of Dr. Peterson is absolutely valid, but I disagree that these criticisms means that his contributions are invalid. I don't know what it means when you say his contributions are invalid. Look, 
I don't judge Jordan Peterson by whether he's a good meteorologist or not. But when he tells people, here's how you should run your life, here's how you should organize your life here, I'm a very wise guy about life. And he ends up suicidal on a cocktail of drugs, uh, addicted to benzodiazepines in, in an induced coma in a Russian hospital because he has to flee the country he claims his health care he really likes. I got some questions. Physician, heal thyself. I've got some, some questions. Um, and I think, I do think that he said in, in his book, if I remember, uh, he said that, uh, he had some reaction to some food he ate that gave him low blood pressure and other things. And it just, I don't know what that means. A lot of famous people who have overdosed on opioids were also taking benzos. It's as much a crisis as the opioid crisis and nobody knows it. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, we got some benzo people here. Not benzo people, but uh, what do we got here? In my apartment building, I hear people freaking out, screaming and throwing stuff pretty often. Do you think I should go and talk to them? Um, if you, you know, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure that you should. I'm not entirely sure that you should. Um, my wife is a director of a substance abuse facility. You should hear her talk about JP, LOL. Hmm. I don't want to be disappointed with Jordan Peterson. Yeah, but you got to face that suffering too, right? Uh, I'm kind of surprised. I didn't realize you both had a falling out. Well, we were never friends. We did a couple of shows together. I've never been a friend, right? Just looked up Ann Coulter's Wikipedia. Notice they never say someone is far left. Oh, yeah. No, I have a, I have a worse Wikipedia page than literal mass murderers. You know, like the Jewish guy who ran the concentration camps in Soviet Russia has got a better... Uh, Wikipedia page than I do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, right. Let's see here. I know benzodiazepines are addictive because it is referred to as benzo. My wife is a benzo addiction clinical expert. It's bad, really bad. Yeah. Well, let's see here. Steph, I'm a shrink. I'm telling you, we all know. Bullshit. He didn't see it. The moment you hear anything, bam, you know it's something, Pam. Oh, Benzo has a Pam. Pan or Pam? You know it's addictive. Yeah. I have a grandma on them for like 30 years. Oh, and I I, I knew a guy once. He he you know how long it took him to get off benzos? Like physician controlled getting off benzos? Three years. It took him three years to taper off benzos. Uh all right. Oh, the grandmother, the side effects when she couldn't fill her script once were so insane. GHB is illegal party drug. Oh, is that right? Okay. 25 days with no sleep would make you go crazy. Yeah, sleep sleep, uh, sleep loss is, is really rough. It's really rough. Uh, so he was pretty silly to jump on that diet without being more critical of unresearched studies. I don't know. Let's see here. Do you think Jordan Peterson's collapse or depression was also caused by the lack of his philosophy? Well, so he's a philosopher. He's not a philosopher. He's a psychologist, which means he's not working from first principles. He knows all about the IQ stuff, and Jordan Peterson would give endless um, speeches on immigration and never mention the IQ stuff. To me, if you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna go down, go down for the truth, right? I was gonna go down one way or another. At least I went down with the truth and important stuff, right? So, one of his original twelve rules is something like: act like everyone has something to teach you. 
Yeah, so he knew about me. He knew about other people. Look, I'm not saying the guy should have called me up or anything like that. But if I'm facing a real difficult challenge and somebody else is an expert who's dealt with it in a way that I can't handle, um, I'll talk to that person and try and get some idea, right? Make friends with people who want the best for you. I guess he did not do that. I wonder, like, I wonder if people like, you know, Sam Harris and and Eric Weinstein and and uh, uh, Dave Rubin and all that, if they flew out to be there and, and helped him with all of this kind of stuff. Or, I don't know. I don't know if, if they did or they didn't. If we see a parent being abusive to their child in public, how should we stop them? Uh, that's a very tough one. That's a very tough one because you don't want to humiliate the parent and then have the parent take that out later on the child. So, yeah. Um, if you can do it in a way that's positive and encouraging and enthusiastic and gentle, uh, then at least the child will see someone who stood up for them, and that can be very important. I intend to say that his mistakes don't invalidate his teachings. However, he shouldn't be placed on a pedestal. I have the same questions. You know, I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, and I, you know, I hate to sound, uh, you know, uh, all kinds of uh, older guy if I am an older guy, but it's kind of naive. I mean, fat guys don't sell diet books, man. I mean, it's just not not the way, oh, uh, you know, overweight guys don't sell personal training books. It's just not, <laughs> it's just not, the bald guys don't sell hair club for men products. Like it just, th there's a reality like, oh, well, it shouldn't judge and blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, let's look at the real world, right? Let's look at the real world. Um, you know, Jenny McCarthy's not selling an exercise book when she's fat. Suzanne Summers and Joan, uh, and Joan uh, Fonda, Jane, Jane Fonda, uh, a little more likely. So, it's not, it's not that Jordan Peterson got addicted. I think that's a shame. I think it's a terrible thing. Uh, you know, he obviously was going through a lot of stress and he was at his wits end. And I, I so, so really do uh, sympathize with the guy. I think he took on too much. You know, he just, he just took on too much. I don't know if he got greedy or if he couldn't say no or, you know, you got to pace yourself, man. I mean, taking on the world, that's a marathon, not a sprint. You got to pace yourself. The reason I went off politics, oh, partly I went off politics because fuck Trump, right? <laughs> because, you know, I mean, uh, I had some tiny influence on 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 people's perceptions of of Trump, and you know what did Trump ever do to protect me? Nothing. Didn't take on Section Two Thirty. Didn't uh, uh, fix anything to do with social media. Didn't uh, focus on free speech. Didn't do didn't do anything. Didn't focus on deplatforming and and all of that. He, he didn't do anything to protect me. So why the hell would I protect his political ambitions? <laughs> If he's acting just for himself, you know, you treat people the best you can the first time you deal with them. I never dealt with him, of course, directly or indirectly. But and then after that, you treat them as they treat you. And he's like, he took $150 million to fight election fraud. Where did all that money go? So he's looking out for number one. So, yeah, good luck, everyone. I'm doing the same thing. And I recommend you think about it as well. He recently talked quite a bit about IQ, about IQ on a trigonometry interview. Oh, good, good. I appreciate that. Yeah, he did say people get, get killed for that stuff. Yeah, for sure. I would love to see Stephen Jordan hash it out. I don't know. I mean, I I don't know. Again, I like him. <laughs> it's the funny thing. I, I still quite like him, right? Good rule of thumb. Don't use any substances that ends with azapine or fetamine. Yeah, right. I think me and you are about the same age. 53 here. We definitely think alike in many ways. That's great. And listen, if I make mistakes, as I obviously will and do, just let me know. Child of an alcoholic father, maybe a people pleaser, Jordan Peterson. Oh, is that right? Yeah, Trump didn't release Julian Assange. He didn't uh, deal with Snowden. He didn't anything like that, right? All uh, right. Some of these women have stopped running matchmaking services because women meet the good prospects and get bored. Yeah, well, okay, we'll end on this, right? So this is a big issue, right? The, the, dating, the dating websites, the dating apps uh, are just making sure that women 
don't settle down, right? Because there's always someone better, always some ping, always some dopamine hit, always some interest, always some flirty. And you know, the first six months of the first three months, six months of dating with the sexual tension and the excitement and the thrill, and it's a honeymoon period, right? So Kim Kardashian bashed Trump and got a meeting with him. Oh yeah, Trump, uh, I don't know where his pride and self-esteem is, but all the never Trumpers who were in his administration, it's just absolutely incomprehensible to me, but Hey, at least the Lincoln Project seem to be getting there. So although I'm sure what will replace them, much like Andrew Cuomo, will be even worse. Right? Oh, we're going to get Andrew Cuomo out of New York. It's like, oh, I bet you it's going to get worse. <laughs> they're just trying to get someone more extreme in, and that's why they're turning on him. Should I do... Okay, this last my question. Should I do something on the um, Mia Farrow, Woody Allen pedophilia allegations? Should I... Thoughts on Trump 2024? No, there's no Republican Party anymore. He's going to legalize all the illegals and um, import people and uh, everyone's going to vote left. And no, no, it's uh, and election fraud. And, right? So uh, there's, no, there's no Republican 2024 that I can see. So yeah, should I do? I'm interested and I've watched, uh, I've watched the series um, on uh, Mia Farrow and her allegations against Woody Allen and uh, pedophilia and... Um, uh, would you be interested in that? Uh, I know I did a show on Meghan and uh, Meghan Markle and and Prince William. Yeah, all, all of the uh, all of the eatable complexes have the word Prince before them. So, oh no, I'm just. I mean, I do a show on whatever you want. We will watch. I appreciate that. I really do. And uh, yes, on just hit me a Y or an N. Uh, I want to get some some feedback here and figure out if it's a good good use of time. It, it really is an amazing and, and fascinating and powerful story. It really is just started. I didn't really know much about it, and uh, it really was eye-opening, and I would really recommend watching it. So, um, All right. Thanks for writing Almost. Yeah, freedomain.com slash almost. Go get this book. It's amazing and wonderful and, and great and all kinds of non-humble uh, language here. So we got a couple of ends. Majority are yeses. I appreciate that. Uh, I will uh, do that and uh, sort sort that out do a show on that whenever people talk about children they always say they care more but only talk about immigrants yeah yeah that's true because immigrants appeal to childless women's uh, uh hunger for righting the wrongs of the world that they don't uh, have to pay for okay so it looks like we got a positive can you do an analysis of that old movie network i think i've seen that uh i know the famous speech from it I look i'd look into it again all right well uh listen let's throw out a couple more of these uh lovely little lemons Lemon. All right. What do we got here for lemons? Uh, D-Live, let's toss them out, baby. Let's throw out 500 lemons. Wait, what did I just do? 500. Distribute rewards. Enjoy. Is it much different than a Michael Jackson case? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Almost so great. I love the airplane flying in the trench. Oh, the Battle of the Gardens? Yeah, it's sort of based on my own childhood, frankly. So... Uh, you write what you know. Write what you know. Uh, all right. So um, what can we do with these lemons? Can you close humming a song and saying the title? How about a riff? What's that? All we've got is this moment. 21st century's yesterday. You can have all you want. Everybody does. Well, that's okay. Yeah. So slide over here and give me a moment. Your moves are so raw. I've got to let you know you're one of my kind. 
Yeah, I need you tonight because I'm not sleeping. There's something about you, girl, that makes me sweat. You know, in, in another um, in another life, I'll do uh, just PowerPoints on famous singers whose work I love and whose lives were absolutely horrifying like that guy. Really into some violent sex and killed himself. Anyway, so uh, thanks, everyone. Have a great evening. A great pleasure to chat with you guys. And lots of love from up here. Freedomain.com forward slash donate. And um, yeah. Uh, fdrnft.com sorry freedomainnft.com freedomainnft.com all right have a great evening uh and uh, i will talk to you guys soon all the best from up here and uh have a um uh a great couple of days until until such time as we doth talk again